This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Thank you for choosing the Dine Local ST podcast. Visit DineLocalST.com for the latest in restaurant offerings. Here's your host, Nick Shinton. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, everybody, to another Dine Local San Diego podcast. I'm your host, Nick Shinton. we got an awesome show for you today. One of my absolute favorite accounts uh, is coming in today, and that is Anne's Dry Cleaning up in North Park, and just such a super cool uh, uh, thing that they got going on up there. Can't wait to share that with you guys. I also got to sneak away for lunch earlier this week, so I'm going to tell you about lunch at Catania, but we're going to kick it off today like we do every day with uh, Farmer's Market Report, Joe Herman. And Brandy Reynolds are with me today. Joe, what do you got in today? We got lots of cool, interesting things in today. Awesome. Uh, at the market, everything's going strong. Apples, citrus. Uh, we're starting to see some pink variegated lemons, which are really nice. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the pink variegated lemons because I see two of them sitting up here. Uh, variegated means striped. At least I know that amount from learning about figs. Uh, well, t- tell me a little bit more about the characteristics of a pink lemon. Uh, it's not going to be as acidic as a, a regular lemon. It's going to be more along uh, a Meyer lemon's lines, mm-hmm. but not as not as sweet. They are sweeter. They are traditionally used uh, to make pink lemonade, but the juice isn't as pink as you'd see it. Like so, like from a, the pink lemonade. A carton pink lemonade probably is just food coloring and fake lemon juice, right? Or, or pasteurized lemon juice or something like that. Where this one, you're actually if you were to squeeze this, you would get like kind of a pale. Uh, flesh colored there you liquid go. to it. Flesh is a good word. And then, um, but if you look at the flesh on it, if you can see us on YouTube or, or Facebook, you'll see that that it does look very pinkish. It is. It's pink. It's it's yeah. It's definitely the flesh, not the juice. Uh, as they age, they get a little sweeter. So yeah, that's a cool little thing about them. Uh, another interesting variegated lemon we have is. Uh, we found this. This is brand new. Mm-hmm. It's a lemon orange. It's a lemon orange. The ladies lemon up orange. at lemon orange. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the ladies at Mud Creek Ranch uh, have this, and it's a natural mutation. It's a variegated lemon that mutated with an orange. Orange. And now, is that when you say natural mutation? Is that like a cross pollination thing? Or is correct. That like because we got like rows right next to each other and. Mm-hmm. The birds and the bees are spreading the pollen into, and then that's what you come up with? Yeah. Now we got this really interesting um, lemon that's orange colored. The flesh is orange, and it's still got the uh, the acid of a lemon and the sourness, but kind of a little, 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 flavor. little hint of orange in there. Oh, Just a cool. pretty cool thing. And where were these pink uh, variegated lemons from? Uh, two places right now. Uh, JJ Lone Daughters Ranch and uh-huh. Cielo Vista Succulents, which is up uh, by Vista here down in down by San Diego. Awesome. Local farm. Yeah. Super so cool. a lot it, of those. And I saw you brought in this crazy looking pale, ashy green thing. What yeah, in that, the world is this thing, a, Joe? It's a giant pistachio. It's a giant pistachio. <laughs> it uh, kind of looks like that. It's a We're winter winter melon. That's from uh, Kong Tao. Uh, they're in. Obviously, this is a cold season melon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not a lot to say. It looks cool. Not a lot to say about it. It it's got a melon flavor, kind of like a cucumber. Um, I, was, I was smelling it. I dropped my nose into it, and that's the first thing that came to mind was cucumber. Right. Um, but is it like a squash? You can cook it? Like You can cook them, yeah. You can, you can, it's pretty versatile. Uh, it's definitely a staple in Asia, Egypt, centuries ago for a food supply. But it, they're kind of bland, but they're good for It's something you want to dress up, marinate. You can cube it. You can pickle it. 
you can give it a light roast. Um, I'm sure all our like local chefs here can find something creative yeah, to do with so it. With the, this creative community, when you throw a new uh, different ingredient for them to use, that's one of the coolest things that we get to do as uh, the farmer's market truck. We actually you know, sell them. And then brandy, like what we do every week, you kind of find out what we're do- what people are doing with them. And I know you weren't tracing the um, bitter melt or the winter melon. Yeah, no one's doing anything with that. Not yet. <laughs> well, that's because we're just putting it out there. <laughs> yeah. But you do get to sell farm fresh produce directly to the restaurants, and you do get a little bit of insight on what they're doing. What you do? What you sell this week? Yeah. So, like Joe said, there's a lot of citrus coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to nine ten this week in La Jolla, and Jason had recently got back from a trip in Vietnam. Oh, cool! I was watching all of his stories, posting all the food he was eating. It looks so like rainbow plant food. Look amazing. Yeah. How cool is it to catch a chef back after they've been out on uh, you know travel? Because I, I find travel like is one of the most inspirational things for a chef. So I'm sure that, uh, you know, especially a creative chef like Chef Jason Nib was just stoked to get back on the truck after traveling and seeing all these different things all over the world. Yeah, for sure. And he had been gone for about almost two weeks. So it was a whole new season when he came back. We had citrus in full bloom. And he was telling us about this like segmented grapefruit salad he had in Vietnam that had was almost like the papaya green papaya salad, but it had peanuts and fresh uh, like Vietnamese mint and coriander, uh, green onions and shallots on top. And he said they like delicately peeled it, and it was almost like a citrus caviar salad. So hopefully he does something cool with that. Seems like it inspired him a lot. Absolutely, and what a perfect timing to have that over Vietnam and then come back here right in the heart of citrus season. It's perfect. Yeah, right. Totally awesome. Also, Rancho Valencia is hitting up the citrus market. Cool. They bought a bunch of those pink lemons that we were working with earlier and uh, cocktail grapefruit and caracaras from Ken's Top Notch were a huge seller this week. Yeah, caracara is definitely one of my favorite varietals that we get in, uh, something I look forward to throughout the year. I actually snagged a few for myself this weekend. So delicious. Awesome. All right. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. Uh, coming up in just a second, I'm going to tell you about a little lunch trip to Catania. Stay tuned. All right, guys, this segment's called Luncheon, and this is where the Dine Local San Diego team gets to go out and have lunch and tell you guys about it. And boy, do I have a treat for you today. I got to go to Catania in La Jolla, and I had the most amazing lunch. Thank you, Chef Dustin. Big shout out to you. You're a beast. Uh, Let me tell you what I had, guys. I had the most amazing yellowtail crudo in the world. Uh, Beet puree on the bottom of that little citrus segments perfect little beet chips and finished with poppy seeds. Really cool texture on that delicious shareable app. And then octopus. I had the grilled octopus with merguez sausage, crispy chickpeas, capers, and parsley. One of the absolute best octopus plates I've ever had in my entire life. Uh, the, you know, merguez has got this strong gamey flavor with the, uh, the little bit of texture from the chickpea, the parsley and the caper really went well with everything, kind of brightening it up with a little bit of acidic content from the pickle to the capers. Just an outstanding, outstanding dish. Couldn't, can't be more happier with that plate. I mean, it was so delicious. Uh, had an amazing kale salad uh, that was absolutely delicious. A chi- I'm sorry, a duck liver mousse toast um, 
Wow. Wow. How savory and delicious that. And then we topped it off with a pizza. Uh, we went with the duck confit and the mushroom pizza. The duck confit pizza had slices of sweet potato, rosemary, uh, and this little uh, kind of balsamic drizzle on it. One of the absolute best pizzas I've ever had. You guys, rainy day uh, last week when we went to go there and the patio was warm. It was cozy. You're right in the heart of La Jolla. You get to kind of look down over everything. And what a better way to spend a rainy day. Uh, that is my recommendation for lunch this week, guys. You got to go out and have lunch at Catania in La Jolla. They're also open for lunch and um, also open for dinner and brunch. And they have a tremendous happy hour as well. That's Catania in La Jolla. All right. Coming up in just a second, we're going to have the Anne's dry cleaning in here for the main ingredient. And that's going to start just now. <laughs> All right, everybody, we are back with the main ingredient, and this is somebody I've wanted to get in here for a while because it is absolutely one of my favorite accounts slash favorite experiences in San Diego, and this is Ann's Dry Cleaning. We're welcome Chris Warren to the podcast today. Uh, Chris is one of the owners of Ann's Dry Cleaning and also one of the creative forces behind it uh, with the concept and everything that they're doing over there. Welcome, Chris. Thanks for having me. First thing I want to talk about is the experience of Ann's Dry Cleaning because you know when you, when you talk about eating and you talk about food, Food. For me, the experience is everything that accompanies, accompanies, accompanies it. Um, and when we, one of the things that I think is the coolest thing about experiences is being able to taste multiple different flavors. And for new first-time customers or whenever a returning customer comes in and you guys have had a little bit of a lineup change, you take them through a tasting. Tell me about that tasting. Yeah. Um, I, it happened kind of organically. I don't think it was anything planned. We knew... We knew before we opened that we were just going to serve gelato. Mm -hmm. um, and it was something, it was kind of a, every expert, every gelato shop expert that we spoke to was like, oh, you have to have paninis and you have to have smoothies and whatever else. And we're like, we really don't know how to do those things well. We just know gelato. So mm -hmm. we're, we're just going to do gelato. And by the way, we're only going to do seven flavors at a time. So everyone was like, man, that's not, that's not enough gelato. That's not enough offerings. So we were thinking... You know, what can we do to to make this like really a cool experience when you come in more mm -hmm. than just gelato, more than just trying a couple of gelatos? So the first thing we came up with was the palate cleanser and having I, I love the idea of saying it's off menu. Oh, you've got this off menu palate cleanser. It's kind of secret. Sure. And when, let's let's clarify that real quick. The palate cleanser is actually a sorbet flavor. Yeah. And yeah. is that I know I've had a couple different. Have I had different ones there? I have the le, the lime ginger. Yeah. And or we changed we when we did the uh, Paru tea partnership, we changed it to uh, we called it khaki pants, but it was uh, Earl Grey um, tea and lemonade like an Arnold Palmer. Mm hmm. Yeah. Oh, delicious. And then, but the traditional one you're doing right now is lime. Lime and ginger. Ginger. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Sorry to interrupt you. Let's keep going. No, yeah. So, uh, so that was the first thing that we came up with that we were like, well, this, this, this is different. It's mm -hmm. a, it's an experiential thing that you, you get when you come in. Everyone starts with the off menu palate cleanser. So kind of like when you get sushi, you, you know, you eat the ginger first to clean your palate. Everybody comes to, um, to Hans after they've had lunch or dessert or lunch or a dinner. So this cleans their palate, gets them ready. Mm -hmm. And then we didn't plan on doing the, the, um, the tasting the way it came out. Um, we knew we wanted uh, a sequential menu, some sort of order to it, going from light to dark or really, you know, like lighter to more bold and complex. Um, but the walking you through every flavor and telling you about every flavor and what goes into it, um, that happened because the, four, the, the owners um, all worked the first couple shifts. So we were trying to figure out how to train staff. We've never opened a gelato shop before. 
Um, and instead of training them, we thought, well, we'll just work and they can work around us and they can see us. So it was really a hands-off thing. They kind of just, you know, they would ring people up or our, our staff was around us while we were going through it. And because we'd been talking about this menu and we'd been making gelato, like test batches of gelato for so long, like I knew, you know, there was four or Jimmy knew there was four pineapples that went into every batch of our pineapple basil that we call linen. So he was so excited about it. You know, people would walk up and he would tell you, we would tell you everything about every flavor. Yeah. And then our staff would would hear it and absorb it. And then when we started to pull back, the owners stopped working. You know, everyone has full-time jobs. When we started going back to our other jobs, um, the staff, that's how it uh, you know, they knew all about the gelato. Now they're all experts and they could walk you through each flavor and tell you everything about them. Yeah. And that, that's another thing. Let's get into the flavors. So you kind of mentioned it there, four pineapples in a batch of the pineapple basil gel- yeah. uh, sorbet. Mm-hmm. You guys are using whole fruit. You guys are using whole ingredients. It's not these bases or these artificial flavorings. You're making all this stuff from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the first core value that we wrote down when we were starting this business was that we would never sacrifice the flavor or the quality of the gelato, even if that meant, um, you know, we weren't making any money. It costs more to use a lot of fruit in the gelato or and use to, to use really good ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, we all have full-time jobs, so no one's, you know, getting distributions. No one's expecting to make money off of this. So every cent we've made, we've put back in the company. Um, so, and it shows in the gelato. So yeah, everything we use is, uh, we use as much fruit as possible. Uh, to make ma- maintain the quality of the gelato. And let's talk a little bit more about flavors because sure. uh, we, you mentioned light to dark and how like how you kind of the menu kind of goes from again that palate cleanser into these sorbets and then you get into these gelatos mm-hmm. and each one of those is kind of arranged from how strong a flavor or kind of like a logical sequential thing. And one of the things that I noticed about all the different flavors that I've been able to try from you guys is how well you take super strong ingredients but make these balanced, delicate gelatos out of them. Mm -hmm. Like one of the things that blew my mind uh, was use of rosemary, use of goat cheese, like the goat cheese honey one, Uh, the uh, the rosemary. Again, rosemary for me is like, you know, maybe I'll stick it in my turkey, but like Mm -hmm. otherwise it's so pungent. Like I couldn't imagine being able to delicately execute it in a gelato. And then I try yours and it's just like this balanced dance with olive oil and another incredibly strong flavor yeah. that just finishes, and it was just an incredible experience. I mean, how did you get all these strong flavors, and how do you come up with these things that are just so intense but balanced? Uh, yeah, you know, the balance in the gelato, uh, well, a couple things. One, a lot of those flavors that you're mentioning aren't things that I would like by themselves. Like yeah. rosemary, I don't use a lot. I don't, you know, use a lot of basil in my cooking either. I, mm-hmm. don't, I don't particularly care for it. Um but our, you know, head consulting chef, David Aguilera, who is a gelato consultant in Europe, and he's made gelato for Michelin restaurants, um, you know, celebrity chefs all across Spain and Italy. He's very, very good. Mm-hmm. You know, someone's good at their job when they have a job you didn't even know existed. You know, I didn't know gelato <laughs> consultant was a thing. Um, but so he's been doing it for over a decade. And that that comes from his just his skill is he's good at it. And, and what's what, what, Back in the beginning, when I first met David and I first met you, and one of the things you kind of told me about him it was, you know, from the traditional European gelato background, he came up with a, he was kind of a, this one ingredient origin. Yeah. And that you guys, like, you know, he knew to make strawberry gelato, but he wasn't going to, you know, he, you guys had to challenge him and really push him to get these interesting combinations. And wow, what a, what a turnaround, it, it, you know, 
the final product is just absolutely amazing. It's so yeah. cool. There's, there, there's got to be a metaphor there for, you know, our, our gelato is very balanced and I, I would say our team is really balanced. There's a, a good push-pull between us because he does, he wants, David's belief is, you know, um, similar just how you do it in uh, in Spain. You, you have a really good pineapple gelato, sorbet. Yeah. You have a really good chocolate, a really good vanilla. Those go on the menu. You have, you know, 14 flavors and that's it. That's it for the year. You're not rotating menus every couple weeks. Yeah. You're not, um, you're not definitely not putting basil or you're not mixing olive oil and rosemary. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would kind of pull him more towards the American palate and more like, you know, it's almost like, uh, I think about it like PR, like you need an angle to every kind of everything you do. So, yeah, a pineapple, a really good pineapple basil, a pineapple sorbet is delicious. But like, if it has one thing that is a little bit of a differentiator, people kind of turn their heads. You know, even like the name of the, you know, Ons Dry Cleaning. I, I just, it's a good double take. People turn their heads at, I think, everything we do. Yeah. So, and they just look twice and they kind of stop and like, wait, what is that again? What, what's in that gelato? Let me try that. So, you, you touch on a couple of things that I want to expand upon. Sure. A, the concept of Ons Dry Cleaning. We want to get into that. Mm-hmm. B, uh, you talked about menu rotation. Um, and I want to talk about a couple different things here because I know you you start you have kind of we had a summer menu and then you kind of had a uh, transition menu which was a pairing with a, a tea company mm-hmm. and then you got into your fall flavors uh, that was super cool how, how you guys use the the you know seasonality in what you do and then also how you kind of bridge the gap between. Um, you know, waiting till those fall fruits. I mean, one of the things I want to talk specifically about was pears. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had sampled you guys on a bunch of different pears, trying to find that right one. And it was a little bit early for them. Mm-hmm. And it was like, we kept waiting, kept waiting, kept waiting. You go ahead and do, you were originally wanted a pear to bring in with the collaboration tea menu, mm-hmm. but we couldn't find one that was just going to really match the tea because they weren't were all the way ripe yet. Came up with a different thing, but then you still had this pear idea in your head. And I went in last week and I had the uh, pear and apple cider uh, gel- or uh, sorbet, which was absolutely outstanding. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool, again, that you guys are doing the seasonal menu that rotates and comes into different things. Any uh, other pairings on the or uh, maybe collaborations on the horizon or anything like that? Because um, I know the tea one was incredibly successful, right? Yeah, it was, uh, you know... It culminated in our, our, our best day yet, well, you know, in terms of just sales and people that came through the door and, and that month. I mean, we launched it in, um, I think, September 21st or 2nd, the first day of fall. Mm-hmm. So it's colder. It's not, not you know, gelato it's not, weather. It's not gelato weather. It's not yeah. summer, but it was our, I think, one of our best months ever. So the, the, the tea, um, Amy Trong, the owner of Paru Tea, who, who won best tea in, in San Diego, we found her because we had won uh, best gelato and we were just kind of going through the list uh, by San Diego magazine. And, um, we came upon her tea and her photography is amazing. And then, um, I went over to, um, to her shop and she gave me a tasting and it's like all of her teas are like really premium, incredible stuff. So the, uh, it translated into gelato it was really easily because her, her stuff was so good. Super. Um, so, uh, in terms of other partnerships, um, yeah, we've been uh, we've been talking to Sycamore Den, um, you and yours. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the idea of incorporating alcohol into gelato, especially this time of year, sure. as opposed to doing like the you know not, there's nothing wrong with it, but the pumpkin spice or the the more uh, common stuff that you see out there. Yeah. I, I kind of like around the holidays the idea of doing like alcoholic. Uh, gelatos and sorbets. So we're, we're doing a lot with them. And then, um, a partnership that I'm really excited about that I've been, um, talking to Crystal at Wayfair Bread, 
Um, and we've started experimenting with some of her croissants and, and we're going to do something cool there. Oh, wow. That's yeah. a, that sounds awesome. Okay. And one other thing I wanted to talk about here is one of the things I noticed on your cups is we love our customers. Yeah. Uh, and so you guys have a, a secret menu or this secret customer list. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think uh, one of the things that, that I, I've learned that our customers really like is when we are working on new flavors and we're releasing new flavors. Again, not like the European style, set it and forget it menu. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're always doing R&D. We're always, you know, updating our menu and changing our flavors. Um, it, it helps us maintain the quality too, because sometimes the fruit, you know, like you said, the pears, we were trying it. I really wanted to put like a pear sorbet on the menu and it just wasn't working. They weren't in season. So with us always changing our menu, when a gelato comes out, like not perfect, we'll toss it. I've thrown away so many canisters of gelato because it's not, you know, perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we waited on the pears. Um, and what was the other thing you were, you were asking about? What was the other ingredient? Talking about the rotation of the menus and the secret. Okay, so you have oh, the, the secret, secret club. The, yeah, thank you. The, this secret. Uh, we're always doing R&D. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're in there every week working on, you know, just last night I was in there till midnight uh, making four or five new flavors. Um, and with those, we try them internally. The staff tests them. And um, we we want the customers to try them too. So we put them out. We don't advertise them. You know, the, the, our case is bifurcated into two sections. The left side of it is where all, you know, the menu that you see, that's where all the flavors are. And then we have this whole section on the right that kind of whatever I'm working on, I'll just walk out there and drop it in there and I'll whisper to the staff or I'll send an all staff email. Hey, on the right side, we're doing um, a chocolate kumquat, you know, give that a try. And if anyone asks about our secret menu, we don't volunteer it. But if anyone asks if we're working on anything or if we have any secret flavors, we'll let them try it. Super cool. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Where did the name come from? Um, the name came from uh, the mind of a guy named Keenan Hartston, who is kind of like uh, you know the fifth Beatle. As I, I, I worked with Keenan, and I've worked with him for a long time. Um, I have a day job in hospitality management, and Keenan is a interior decorator slash branding expert. He's a young guy. He's he's thirty four. And he has a company called Fish, and he was doing our interior design um, at the time. Um, with before we opened, he was helping us um, with the interior design, and he started kind of sp- to spill into the branding. You mentioned on our cups, it says um, it's got the hanger that says "We Heart Our Customers." That was a Keenan idea, um, and we had for a long time been tossing around the name Trey Fratelli Gelato, which means three brothers. There's three principal owners um, in Italian, mm-hmm. but none of us are Italian, and also it's like you know I. We wanted something interesting, something kind of different. And Keenan kept pushing us. You know, there's something there. I, there's something cooler here. And when we found the space um, on 30th and Adams, we toured it. It was, a, it was ons, alterations, and dry cleaning. Um, and we all kind of stood out there and, and looked at the windows, and it had these kind of cheese ball graphics on them. And, you know, it said, like, pant hemming and, like, you know, all of the services that she offered. And it said ons in this kind of silly cursive font, which we've is the font now on our signage. And... um a couple nights later, it was like one of those things, two or three in the morning, Keenan and I were up and he had a long list of names of like a lot of gelato, 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 like kind of silly stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, eventually he was like, you know what, dude, what if we just called it Unz Dry Cleaning? And I kind of laughed. And the more we talked about it, dry cleaners, there's like a real strong vernacular in dry cleaners, right? There's a lot of, there's a lot of like legs. When you talk about branding, like the hangers with the, we hired our customers, the ironing board tables, the uh, like terrible fluorescent lights that you always see in dry cleaners, 
there's there's a really strong brand to those that if you say dry cleaner, everybody knows what it is. And the more we talked about it, the more I was like, wow, that's a that's a really good idea. So, you know, I called Travis, uh, one of the other owners, really late that night, and he has a wife and kids, and I, I, I don't know if I woke him up, but I, I told him the idea, and he's like, ooh, okay, really? And, you know, Keenan and I sold him on it, <clears throat> he being the less conservative compar- partner, I knew we could get him on board, and then we sold our other partner on it, and, you know, eventually, it, it started off as, we'll just do a nod to Ons Dry Cleaning, it's a nice homage sure. to... Um, to the, this business that had been there, I think it was 13 years or something. Um, but the more we worked with it, the more we're, the more everything got pulled through that theme. And I'm so happy now that the the shop is a dry cleaner. It feels like a dry cleaner. People stop and you know, I, I when I'm there, uh, when I go there to work, a lot of times I'll sit out front for a little bit and just kind of see the people in the flow of traffic. And everybody that goes by is walking by like on a mission, going somewhere, and then the our space is so lit up and it has so many windows in front. They kind of notice it. They, they, they keep walking and then they stop and they do a double take and then they look up at the sign on dry cleaning and they talk about it and they, they're trying to figure out why there's so many people in this dry cleaner and they look inside and they see a menu that has like chocolate or, you know, olive oil or watermelon on it. And then one of them's like, Oh, I've heard about this place. This is that dry cleaner that does gelato. Yeah. So, you know, Keenan, you know, that was, that was a Keenan Hartston uh, move there that I'm, I'm super glad that we, that we came across. Well, let me just sum up by saying, I think you guys really have the winning recipe. One of my absolute favorite experiences in San Diego, guys, if you have not tried Anne's dry cleaning over there on 30th and Adams Avenue in North park, get out and get yourself some gelato, go in for a private tasting, walk yourself through the menu and pick out your favorite. Uh, what a truly awesome experience. Chris, thank you so much for coming in today. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography and history, taste and culinary applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote, we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today.